Hello, campers! Welcome to the Camp Camp Counselor's Corner right here on Rooster Team Radio. I am one of your counselors, the Internet's Mark B. Donica, joined in full by the rest of the Rooster Team. Uh, joining, let's start with uh, uh, Megan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, fellow counselors. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're also joined by Katie. Katie Cullen. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> She's from she's at sleepaway camp, and of course, Stacy Shuttleworth. <laughs> I'm at does not get enough sleep camp is where I am. Oh my! I'm so delighted to be back at camp. Oh my God! We've got a monster season of camp camp ahead of us, and we're going to be talking about some of the serious themes that apparently they're going to be going through, like morality and positivity, people changing. What the hell? But uh, to start off with, Katie, since you brought it up in sort of our, our pre-show, I wanted to start with you. That fresh intro, though. I uh, I saw someone pointed out on Twitter saying, hey, I think there's a new intro. You can kind of see the animation differences, like the scene where Nikki's eating is different. And I'm like, oh, okay, new intro. We'll keep an eye out for that. And then we sat down and watched it. And I went, oh, my God, this looks amazing. It looks so much more fluid. All I can think is that the animation budget went up. It looked like they got some more frames to play with. Like instead of, yeah, the the quality went super high. And if they were able to spend budget on the intro more so than the season itself, then who knows what sort of stuff we're going to be expecting. What did you think, Stacey? She was so smooth and so beautiful. Just filled with joy. Like, it is. They did a really excellent job, um, you know, tweaking it and just making it look perfect. A perfect. What did you think? I don't know what language that was. Megan, what language do you think? No. What did you think of the intro? Mark, you didn't tell us we had to make a whole new language for today. I can't help it. Uh, was, was that the camp activity? Damn. <laughs> you have no idea. I shall now give you my review of the intro in Elvish. Ooh. <laughs> Excellent. Dangerous. Let's sing in Elvish now. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's absolutely gorgeous. It, I actually didn't know about it but ahead of time before we started watching it. And then, you know, it's it's just in the in the slightest things. It's one of those things where you you see it happening and it makes you really appreciate how much subtle touches in animation, how far those can really go and really take the visual medium that is animation. It's so, so great. Like just, even just the way David is swinging his arms back and forth is slightly different. And like, you can tell the difference. I kind of want to, I want somebody online to go ahead and put the two intros side by side so we can actually see the differences in real time. Someone on Twitter did that last night. Ooh, (laughs) excuse me, guys. I have to go. (laughs) We're done, right? Quick break. (laughs) Just insert the Jeopardy theme here. We'll be back. (laughs) Please hold for additional podcast. (laughs) But it's weird. So so you mentioned how some of the movements from David seem a little bit more natural, yet the ridiculous amount of time I've spent watching this show makes them seem unnatural because they're so new and so fluid and so different. It's 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 weird. It it's uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird because it's new, but it'll be fine. Similarly to any other minor touches that any show has had. Though has there been any sort of a a change to an intro like th- I mean I suppose X-ray and Vav a little bit but yeah it's good everybody loves it we all love it and that and that's what we're here for now let's talk about serious emotional trauma <laughs> <laughs> actually I I wanted to start th- this one I I don't figure I'll get too varied of an answer on this so I'll throw it I'll throw it to Stacy first how long do you think after the last season finale, do you think this episode takes place? I think we're still in the pretty early stages of uh, <laughs> of this new arrangement. <laughs> uh, what about uh, what about you, Megan? I think maybe a week tops, like long enough for for it to be like kind of expected that this is what Cameron Campbell is doing in the morning. Um, but 
a short enough time that like you know a conversation like this wouldn't have already happened so uh i'm gonna go with a week tops that is exactly what i was thinking like if they've made it to a week yet i will be very surprised yeah i i could honestly think that this is day one or two that this is so close to when the first moment happened or to when that last moment happened but at the same time with how how Campbell has been over the course of the series I can imagine this to be weeks you know <laughs> like they've been trying so hard to get him to do anything and maybe we finally got to the breaking point however long this was and it was four weeks or it was I think that's one of my favorite things about camp camp is that technically this is the Phineas and Ferb treatment where it's supposed to be one summer but this could also all take place within years upon years of just Cameron Campbell being a terrible person I mean, there are 104 days of summer vacation, so uh, we, we've we got a good chunk of Camp Camp left to go. But yeah, they've been going long enough for Cameron to attempt to establish that Mr. Campbell's Quiet Corner is a no-tomfoolery zone, which is something I think I need on a shirt, but not long enough for anyone to actually take that seriously. <laughs> right. Just in an old-timey uh, silent film card... So- no tomfoolery zone. <laughs> tomfoolery free zone. I just need that printed like right across my boobs. That's funny. If only there was a place where you could go to purchase shirts like that online. Hmm. But we're but we're not at the ad section yet, Megan. We're building anticipation. Yeah, uh, and people will never know. We'll never tell them. But <laughs> Is there a place where you can get t-shirts online? <gasps> what? Well, don't be ridiculous. That's years away. Is it a public place for tees? Yeah, now who's who's going a little bit too far? <laughs> You're the one editing this episode. You can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I, man, I'm busy as hell. I ain't got my, I'm not editing much. Uh, but I was I was real sad just to to go off a little bit. I was I was real sad when they uh, released that new line of Camp Campbell merch. It looks sick as hell, like one hundred percent. But it came on like an off an off paycheck week. <laughs> I feel your pain, my dude. I feel your pain. There will be on paycheck weeks. At the same time, though, it's like if it did land on on paycheck week, I would probably get one of each for my wife and I. So. It would feel like a non-paycheck week. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something, hashtag adulting? Overrated. (laughs) The the whole bit with, I haven't done anything yet, but I put on clothes and therefore I'm going on break. I'm like, yeah, no, hashtag adulting. That is my life sometimes. I feel that on a deep spiritual level. Oh, yes. Who knew Cameron Campbell could be such a mood? (laughs) He's not supposed to be relatable, right? (laughs) He was he was arguably the most relatable person in the show. It's like, hey, I want <laughs> I need fifty bucks. It's like, I don't know. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money right now. Also, having a hard time breaking a bad habit. Again, hashtag relatable. Dude, Cam in this episode, especially with like the the clothing thing, I went from being a shirts and t-shirt or t-shirt shorts and sandals guy to a polo shirt, pants and and or slacks and and shoes guy in Orlando. It, I'm so warm all the time. So <laughs> I I pray to 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 goodness that if I had some sort of the the stirrups or whatever that that Cameron gets to wear, goodness gracious. Uh, but speaking of <laughs> Campbell, he played the pawn this episode, a, a position that we're not necessarily used to seeing him quite yet. Do you think that this is a trend that's going to continue throughout this following season, Megan? Um, That's a great question because I, I don't know. I feel like Cameron has never he's, – he's a clever bastard, don't get me wrong, but – like he's fallen prey to other people's schemes before. 
So I feel like at some point this season, you know, he'll sort of get up to his old tricks at least once or twice. But as as we've seen in previous seasons, he's super susceptible to Max's suggestions. So even if he does try, um, you know, creating a sweatshot on purpose this time, like, <laughs> like that's I feel like no matter what, it's not going to be too, too difficult to manipulate Cameron Campbell if the need should arise. I will say subliminal messaging was my favorite scene in this episode, hands down. Just crying with laughter at that. I'm sure he'll be used as a pawn again. I don't know that we're going to have another episode centering as much around him and his ability to change until we get to later on in the season. Because this was very much both Max and David trying to prove a point using him. And I don't know that we will be back in that same circumstance for a while or that we'll have a heavy focus on Cameron's character development for a while. I think he'll kind of become, I hesitate to say quartermaster status, but just he's here, he's part of the camp, he affects how things happen, but it's not about him as much. We, and you say that, and yet they they are very both the, the scene the I say scene. You say that, but seeing the little interaction between Campbell and the quartermaster about taking Max's blood was <laughs> it's just like oh th- somehow they're on a similar wavelength in some way. I wonder how deep the quartermaster rabbit hole will go for Cam. Because that was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that was quintessential quartermaster. And honestly, I would not be surprised if he's been at the camp as long as Cameron Campbell has. If not longer, we've had many a discussion about the purpose and uh, what sort of uh, quarter is he the master of? Is it this quarter of the planet? I mean, the the quarter sister episode definitely brought up all sorts of what the effery as it result as it pertains to the quartermaster. Uh, Stacy, do you think that Cam is going to be the fool on which we play? I feel like seeing Cam without a grand scheme is a very interesting new twist. So I think we'll see little manipulations all over the place. I mean, we already saw them in the first episode with asking Space Kid for 50 bucks or quote-unquote accidentally starting a sweatshop. Uh, But as far as being the mastermind, I don't think he's going to really fall back into that role for a while. So instead we'll see, maybe not constantly people playing upon him and making him the fool, but he I, I do think he's definitely going to take a back seat and kind of have to find a new place in the camp. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Where where does he land if Max is the new master, or David is the master manipulator? <laughs> As it happens. <laughs> it's, uh, what a surprise. Um, Look, David that... has a high enough charisma score that he can absolutely do that. It's just a matter of how you choose to use your powers for good or for evil. Dude's a bard. Bards are scary. He's gonna he's gonna pull a, a card from the deck of many things and suddenly change alignment, and we're just gonna be all sorts of surprised. Talking about subtle things uh, in in. In this episode, you know, we had the subtle animation changes in the opening, and I think even in the episode proper itself, but uh, there was a slight change. Uh, Cameron Campbell doesn't refer to David as Davy anymore. He calls him David. So as far as, you know, I, I always looked at him calling David Davy, that always made my skin crawl a little bit because it did feel so manipulative. And he's not calling him that anymore. So it's almost like Cameron Campbell either isn't trying to manipulate David anymore or finally sees him as being an adult who's on his level. I mean, the federal judges did kind of put David in charge of him. So still calling him Davy at that point. Like, even Cameron Campbell is on the level enough to know, okay, this dude's in charge. Uh, I feel like that would be a blatant disregard 
for what he has now been ordered to do and how he has been ordered to act. And while he's definitely testing the waters, maybe not quite there yet. Yeah, and the reminder of, hey, it's the government. That's what you have to adhere to. Is uh, it, m- it might be enough to spur some fearful change, but that actually, all of this dis- discussion brought up the next uh, question that I wanted to uh, put to everybody. Will Mr. Campbell ever change? And if he, if you think so, what will be the catalyst? I want to start with Katie on this one. I mean, we got some change from him in the season finale last season. Again, the idea of using your powers for good, even if you're going to be a complete dick about it. So I'm actually with David on this one. I do think that change is possible for him, and I do think it's going to be in slow, small increments. The better aspects of the hellion cadre that we have at the camp rubbing off on him, David trying to steer him in the right direction, and probably Gwen giving him more than one reality check, because she's real good at that. So I do think that we're going to have a little more focus on it at season's end, that he's going to be tested, that something's going to come up where he will need to make the right decision. And I do think he'll be able to make it by that point. Because Camp Camp as a show has proven that they are very good at incremental character development. Just look at Max, much as he tries to deny it. Stacy, do you think Campbell will change? I think that his change is going to be a little bit different than the more like clear-cut change, the you know, flip from pretty clear villain with diabolical plans to goody two-shoes kind of always doing the right thing. I think we're going to see Cameron learn how to look at situations in different ways instead of just considering what the outcome is going to be for himself, as he does, I think we're going to see him kind of at least start to understand a different approach, a different perspective, you know, look at, oh, if I made that choice, it would benefit me. But if I make this choice, you know, and he can kind of start exploring how that would branch out and be able to discern, oh, maybe in this case, it wouldn't be the best to make the selfish choice. I think, I don't know that he'll, he'll you know, flip sides or anything, but gain an understanding. I think we're seeing that, and I think that will that trend will continue. Yeah, I like that. What, what do you think, Megan? I think that it's never too late for a person to turn their lives around. Aww. However, I also fully acknowledge <laughs> this is a television show, so we can't allow him to grow too much. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think he'll change, but uh, as Katie alluded to, I think it's only going to be in an incremental way, uh, just enough for it to be heartwarming on occasion, but not enough for it to stop being funny. Yeah, I I think that he'll be the rambunctious, mischievous uncle, not the uh, grandpa who shouldn't be on Facebook. Before we continue the the conversation, I just want to thank everybody who's been following along with us since we started on Gen Lockdown, and we're still sort of branching out. There's a a couple of question marks still on our Twitter thing because, well, we're waiting on some news in order to talk about some certain things of which we could have shows about, damn it. And uh, (laughs) how's that for a hint? Um, Though though I will say... um, I, I don't know if if you guys did did either of y'all did any of y'all watch hardcore tabletop this season not yet not yet it's in my queue same okay highly recommend it but there's a lot of stuff to talk about with it and we we were very adamant about the first season uh of back in the day and the first season played really well um <laughs> my my wife andrea got hooked on hardcore tabletop and like i would i would come home from work on wednesdays here and she'd just be like monopoly (laughs) and i'd be like okay all right i'll turn it on let's go so with that in mind and not not to rush you guys but i think um i'm gonna sit down with andrea and we're gonna talk about hardcore tabletop coming up and that will that will announce another tier of the show that i've been holding on to for a really long time um but but yeah we're we're not slowing down we're trying not to be a single show at a time sort of a thing but hey life uh uh, finds a way but we appreciate (laughs) 
We appreciate everybody that has been following us uh, all the way through RVB Recall. If you started there, if you started in Gen Lockdown, or if you're listening to us for the first time here on Camp Camp Counselor's Corner, we humbly appreciate your support. Um, If you want to support the show, you share us, like, subscribe on your podcast feed of choice, uh, tell your friends, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play Podcasts, or Anchor.fm, which is our, our host website. And you can actually sign up for a so a paid subscription. It's sort of like a, a Patreon, or, a, or it's a continual paid subscription. And I want to take this opportunity to thank Caitlin Geddes and David Rodriguez, who are our two monthly supporters for the time being. We humbly appreciate it. We do have uh, uh, some some plans for this. You're supporting the show, and we want to help give that back to you, the listener. Uh, we don't have any reviews on iTunes at the moment. I just checked sort of why I kind of went off on a little bit of a diatribe. But uh, other than that, uh, we do have one other sponsor and one other way you can support the show. Katie, if you wouldn't be so kind. Absolutely. Camp Camp Counselor's Corner is sponsored by Fred's BS. Breads and spreads by Fred. Fred's BS is an L.A. local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM, team with an M. Fred's BS, treat yourself, because you deserve it. If you want to make some camp snacks, I firmly recommend getting a BS box, which includes brownies and jam and cookies, and making a sandwich that is cookie on the bottom, and then jam, and then brownie. It is an absolute sugar overload, and it is amazing. Yo. No, dude, it's like so it's, good. it's been a minute since I've had some friends and maybe maybe it's time to order some using our code. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Cheat the system. But uh, thank you. Thank you to Fred and thank you to everybody who's been supporting us up to this point. Let's get back to uh, some camp camp discussion uh, to, to bring us back in. Man, the, the, the writing has just been so on point. I've missed the. I mean, I miss the show almost every day, but consistently, hell of an episode to come out with. Did anybody have? Could anybody give me like a favorite line or something? Favorite scene, favorite line, favorite comedic moment. I I, I want to hear from you. I'll start with Stacy on this one. I'm too space to die. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, space kid. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's hard to not go with Space Kid, almost all of the time. But uh, yeah, a hell of a choice to start with, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I mean, there were some there were some gems, uh, in this episode. My my knee jerk reaction was to go with I created a sweatshop again. Why does this keep happening? That one, but also David and Max simultaneously going, oh my god was also Amazing. pretty pretty high up there. Full on Red Manuel. Oh my god. Michael in general um his oh my god is one is just one of my favorite things that he does in let's plays and and yeah, it it hit it hit very well. What about you, Katie? It was just full on like Red Manuel. Oh my god. <laughs> that sound clip that we all know oh and my love. God. Um I already mentioned that I love the whole sweatshop scene beginning to end. The, this looks like child labor. I did it again. Subliminal messaging is so great. Like, just that whole bit is great. But also Space Kid, during the trash pickup scenes, just trying so hard with his little broken bag, and even at the end of the scene, trying to put Max's discarded vest in that little broken bag. Like, he's such a good child. He tries so hard. (laughs) Oh, honey. Yeah. Oh, oh, honey. That the Space Kid story. I would, uh, I would have to say, nerfs in this current gun climate was a <laughs> was a standout to me. Um, but then it's so hard to pick. Cam, uh, Cam was so on point this episode. Uh, I would have to say, 
if I had to pick a cam, I'd be like, why are you throwing away all this money? <laughs> Classic cam. What an idiot. <laughs> This poor, poor boy. Poor boy. Uh, Special shout out to uh, Lindsay as well for the line read. I've been traumatized. It was such a Ralph Wiggum moment. (laughs) It was kind of beautiful. (sighs) Poor one up for Space Kid. (laughs) Always. Uh, Nikki uh, also had a real good one too. Go ahead. Uh, so when uh, Nikki and Neil are discussing Max, and she's like, I'm really in the weeds about Max's morality these days. <laughs> yes, yeah, that one. I like when when Nikki and and Neil are still actively involved, but they're they're directly to the sidelines, like they're commenting directly on the events of what's happening in the episode. Like they're already doing the the post-show wrap-up for the episode as it's happening. They did, they did it in another episode too. Uh, I, I think the, the moment I'm thinking of is during Nerf's episode. They're like, Hey, do you want to be involved in this? Nah, we'll probably have something again next week. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's part shoutcaster and part mystery science theater 3000 and all wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) I kind yeah. of think of them more as the Greek chorus, just commenting <laughs> on the tragedy that is laying out before them. So, so Megan, I'll, I'll ask you, if if they're the Greek chorus, who is this the tragedy of? Ultimately, David's. Ooh. I mean, wow. I mean, like, isn't that? Doesn't he strike you as like the hero of a Greek tragedy? This person who's always trying to do good, who's just surrounded by people who will either manipulate him or won't listen to him. Yeah, this is David is our our tragic Greek hero. You know damn well that David is the Disney princess. (laughs) I support. You're right. I'm so sorry. Thank you very much. I, I speaking to to David though. And, and I'll go back to you since we're already conversing, Megan. Did you ever figure out that David was the person scheming this whole thing? I only figured it out once um, the robber actually showed up at camp. Um, and that's only because of the way Miles started delivering his lines. It wasn't apparent at first, but like there was just a certain level of stiltedness as soon as the robber showed up that I was like... This isn't right. Like, it, it's one of those things where it, it's subtle enough that if you're not paying attention to it, like, it's going to take a little bit for it to shake out for you. But, like, the second David was like, oh, no, I was like, oh, he's faking it. <laughs> this is all a setup. Well, I think the robber showing up at camp <laughs> was the scheme. So you basically cottoned on right away. Did you have the same moment, Katie? I think it took me a little longer, but yeah, pretty much. Like, we we were both there, like, okay, this is David's doing long before we got to, okay, $25 and the bubble gun. Interesting. You too, Stace, or or did you you figure it out sooner? No, I mean, when he showed up, David was acting very stiff. It wasn't, see, it it was pretty subtle. It wasn't, like, really out of character for him because he kind of adopts that tone sometimes. So I was like, maybe I'm just, like, you know, it's been a while since Camp Camp's been on. Maybe maybe I'm just being ridiculous. But then when Max started kind of, like, voicing concerns, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, maybe something is there. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm going to use this opportunity. If anybody from IT is listening, you really got to fix the comment section because the top comment was a bubble gun. <laughs> oh. oh, no. And so nice. I was like, this is... This is interesting. Oh, maybe. But then I immediately went to the scene from the teaser of just Max holding a gun. I was like, oh, maybe that's what it is. But then as the robber starts waving stuff around, I was like, oh, no. And yeah, but 100% agree (laughs) with with David being a little bit too transparent. I I didn't think that would have been exclusively David. I know it was something that... uh it was a sort of a casual wager, I suppose between Max and David, but I thought maybe Gwen had something to do with it too, especially she was like, Oh, I don't have my wallet on me. So, but uh, it was very surprising, 
very surprising. And to that end, with with our moral being, oh, people can change for better or for worse. I'm going to put this question out there. Is Max going to get better? Is David going to get worse, both or neither? And I'll start with Katie. I think now that they're both a little more aware of it, they will probably do their best not to change. So I think that especially since we've had a lot of character development for Max already, I think for these two, it's going to remain pretty much status quo for what we've set in this episode. I do think the whole changing thing, the character development is going to be focused on Cam. I think we're going to see David struggle with it a lot. I think Max's overall change has more or less been accomplished. The big shift, we might see little moments with that and little decisions that aren't really the center of attention. But I think uh, I think this realization with David is potentially going to uh, have, have a, ne- a really negative effect on him because here he is trying to be the best mentor for Max and in becoming close to him, he has started adopting some of his ways and... I'm worried that's going to freak him out and cause like the negative adverse reaction as he's trying to avoid changing anymore and making more decisions like he has in this episode. So I think it could set up an interesting dynamic for the rest of the series. Um, So I I do think we're going to see him kind of freak out about having behaved that way. I don't, I, I like that a lot. I don't know if we're going to, for, for my, my opinion on the matter, I don't think we're going to see this directly, but something I would like to see is a comedy of errors of essentially an episode of David slapping Nerf. Now, not that directly, <laughs> but just referencing that point where him doing something that he considers bad ended up being for the greater good, but in reverse. He's gonna he's going to try to overhelp to the point where he's gonna start doing bad, similar to this, and Max is gonna start being an extra extra spicy Hellion and end up f- they're they're gonna fail in opposite directions. And and Cam is gonna be the one that looks like the sane person in all of this. Cameron Campbell being the one sane man is terrifying. Exactly. But that's that's the this episode to me set up the idea of Cameron being the straight man despite all of his flaws and his own sort of comedic tendencies he's the one that people are trying to change when it's other stuff that has to change in order for him to realize that he doesn't he doesn't emotionally belong in this world and he has to change with the times and so I think it's other people, tr- it's going to be more, not not exactly the same thing that, that happened here, but similar, it, I think similar situations are going to be set up. And if any of the hints that uh, the team has been given, giving us on social media has been anything to go off of, this is going to be the craziest season of uh, Camp Camp that we will see and maybe we'll ever see. Who knows? Craziest season ever of all time. We're do- no, Katie. We're done with that. That that was last week. That was the last time. We are never done with that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know me. Before we get to our camp activity, oh, a little wait, bit I, of I uh, go I ahead. Didn't get, I didn't. No, get you to didn't give my. Thoughts. You didn't go. I'm so sorry, Megan. No, no, Here, no, wait. no, no. We're just we're gonna go clean. We're gonna go clean. Before we move on, I didn't forget about you, Megan. Except I totally <laughs> did. I want to hear uh, what you have to say. Is Max going to get better? David going to get worse? Both or neither? You know, there's an old proverb. Either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think if we were to get the time skip of Camp Camp, you know, we jump 10 years or five years into the future, David would become a horrifying sociopath and Max would be our conflicted hero. <laughs> no, I think David would just become Cameron Campbell at that point. There, he's ex- Cameron Campbell oh, is a no. bard gone wrong. He's extremely charismatic and uses it in all the wrong ways. That's David. Megan, why would you damn us to that hell? 
No, no. Here's uh, as I said uh, earlier about Cameron Campbell. Um, yes, I I don't think it's ever too late for somebody to turn their life around. Either as Nikki points out at the end of the episode, for better or for worse. You know, whether in real life, whether you mean to or not, you change a little bit every single day. That is inevitable. Change for everyone is inevitable. However, you know. For again, this is a television show, so our characters are going to change, but only change so much that the status quo isn't, you know, the boat doesn't rock too much on the status quo. They can change just enough for it to be heartwarming or sad, but not enough for it to stop being funny. And so I do think that David in the future is going to have a few moments where he's willing to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Um, And, you know, Max is more willing to do the right thing for the wrong reasons, or maybe even occasionally for the right reason. Um, But I I think it's a good point in bringing up that now that they've been made aware of this, that their hyper-awareness of it might stunt that change a little bit moving forward. but I actually did have a question for you guys, if if you guys want to weigh in on it. Is doing the right thing for the wrong reasons inherently bad? Or is it, in fact, good because ultimately good work is being done? Well, how do you want to organize this? <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> it's too early, it's too yep. early for morality questions like this. Are you kidding me? No, can I have That's a hard to research question. this article? That- that's a hard pass for Katie. Yeah, Stacy, what do you think? I, I need a week to organize my research topics and really, like, back down that one. Uh, gosh. Let's get back to this at the end of the season, all right? <laughs> there you go, there you go. Maybe I'll have an opinion for you then. Mark, Mark, what do you think? It's honestly a case-by-case basis. Like, it's, it's such an involvement with minutia, I think, where you have to look at every micro decision and see how that see how that affects it if it's something that it that i do that will negative affect negatively affect me but positively affect the people around me and the world around me and those around me then i'm a little bit more inclined because just because that's i that now we're getting into humanity and morality and all of that but if if it's something where i would have to suffer some consequences so that somebody else wouldn't and it could possibly benefit them then i would say yes but anything outside of that it's really case by case and actually megan thank you for bringing that up because i was going to plug this a little at the uh, end of the episode and i will as well in case you missed uh, the ad that ran at the beginning of the show we have a new way for you to interact with us with voice messaging and it, uh, there's a link in the description it will take you directly to it wh- however you're listening to the show it will take you right to if you're on your phone if you're on your computer or whatever Leave us a message if you have an answer to this question, because holy God, Megan. <laughs> what? Let us know what you think, campers. That's this week's camp activity. Respectfully, how dare. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for indulging me. <laughs> well, what about you? You didn't answer the term question. Uh, Mark, honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, yeah, it, it is genuinely a case by case basis because there's, there are times where, you know, say a rich, uh, a rich person donates a lot of money to charity, but they only do it for the tax write off. Well, does that change the fact that that charity got a lot of money? No. But then what do they do with the money that they get with the, the tax write off? If they inherently use that money, for selfish reasons to like or in a way that ends up hurting people then ultimately yeah it does seem like a bad thing but if they don't do anything with that money or if they just put it in their savings then can we really say that their actions were bad it's it's i'm using that as an example um but yeah like that it's a good thought experiment (laughs) so yeah it, it really just depends i just want to Thank everybody and remind everybody for joining us on a recap show about a cartoon <laughs> summer camp. 
you know, there's space, there's adventure, there's a, there's like a Girl Scout analogy. And you know, this, the philosopher can't. <laughs> <laughs> basically said that there are no good or bad actions it's all in the intentions <laughs> seriously Emmanuel Kant was a real pissant who is very rarely stable <laughs> that's a one percenter if you got that leave me a voice message on anchor.fm slash the rooster team what are we doing <laughs> we're, t- <laughs> we're talking about a summer camp we're talking about Obviously. cartoons, Katie. Oh Can't, keep up. But but jo- make sure to join Megan on her upcoming podcast, Summer Kant, where she talks about the teachings of Immanuel Kant. <laughs> and she does it alone. <laughs> In a padded room. So. Oh. <laughs> also known as a recording booth? Yes, exactly. Yeah. All recording booths are padded rooms, if you think about it. Budget. Uh, the the last thing that I that I had here before we go to our camp activities was plain and simple. Who's a character that you want to see get featured this season? Now that we sort of have an idea of what's going on, and I'll start with Stacy on this. Still need to save Harris. Saying <laughs> no, oh, uh, no fair. Um, although Neris is always one of my favorites, so I want to see all the Neris adventures. So like a like a sequence of the D and D episode, or just more. Just more Nairs. Both? Perfect. All of the above? <laughs> yes to all. Uh, how about you, Megan? Um, I think I'm long overdue for a musical episode. So I think the only person qualified to put that together is Preston. Mm. Or David. Dangerous. Yeah, musical, I'm about it. Preston... I don't know. He's he seems more of a playwright than a musical theater guy, but I I wouldn't put it past him. I wonder. I wonder. Katie, what do you wonder? Uh, what's in a Wonder Ball? Actually, I just want more Magic Kids. Full on, give me this full on Magic versus Magic or team up or whatever. Just give me the Magic Kids. I really just like the interplay because they're his. Hysterical, and I love this ridiculous. We're rivals, and we kind of hate each other, but we need to work together. So fuck it. Like, I love, I love episodes like that. I love it so much. I'm excited to see what that Nerf episode is going to be about. We're going to move on to our camp activities. I posted the first one in our Discord. If you're not a member of our Discord, please join us down below. We've got uh, threads for all of the topics that we have ever discussed as a group as well as some stuff that we haven't whether it's rooster teeth related or not there is a camp activity section and uh our our one for this episode was we we asked for your best story on something that has happened to you or something that you have heard in passing that reminded you of camp camp now upon saying that we got a lot of just camp stories and that's very nice but as <laughs> due to the nature of what we are asking for, we will not be able to read every single one. Uh, the my my fellow counselors have some stories. For me, it's hard to not have something in my life remind me of Camp Camp because I'm so ridiculously hooked on this show, and like the DVD is always like on the way out the door so i have a song in my heart i don't know but so the way that we're going to do this is we picked one of the camp activities from discord and then uh, i'm going to read that one and then the rest of the team are going to share their own so let me share our viewer one first because after hearing a little bit of the stories that the team is going to tell they're going to need a little bit more time so uh i would like to thank gigawatt conduit in our discord for supplying this story There was the time I was working at a toy store that sold costumes. This dad and daughter, maybe 15, decided to buy costumes and go as Barbie and Ken for a daddy-daughter dance. Another family, a dad had two daughters and came to get costumes for the same dance. That dad would be Bill Clinton, one daughter was Hillary, and the other would be Monica Lewinsky. The Quarter Sister episode reminded me of this, and for the life of me, I can't fully articulate why. Holy crap. <laughs> because it's that it's that sort of thing that starts off that quiet voice in the back of your head that's just screaming unceasingly at a very high pitch. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that it's a still photo that has the it's a macro that says scream internal screaming and you can hear it. 
you poor soul thank you so much for sharing uh for this camp activity um i've been traumatized yeah seriously and uh uh, i want to thank uh caitlin geddes as well this one's really quick uh i work at a starbucks and every time i have to work with the muffins i always think of muffin tops (laughs) (laughs) oh dear god all right so it's story time who wants to go first me katie cullen you're up on camp story time i'm not sure if this is reminds me of so much as it is direct reference but i just i have to share because i was dying i went to the uh critical role live uh event the search for grog in january so spoilers if you haven't listened to that yet and you absolutely should so of course because they're trying to find grog travis willingham has to make a new character And he made Bertram Bell a fighter who is also one hell of a braggart and a liar. And he was using this particular voice. And it took me about 35 minutes into the show to realize, oh, my God, he's using his Cameron Campbell voice. He just reskinned Cameron Campbell into a fighter and is playing him in this D&D game. I'm sitting in the upper balcony dying and no one can figure out what the hell is going on because it's like they didn't say anything funny right now what is she doing and no one i went with understood the reference and i had to wait two months for you to watch it so i could be like mark mark he's playing cameron campbell as a fighter but that's that is my camp camp hitting me smack in the (laughs) face irl story is travis willingham having fun travis willingham is a gift he is that man (laughs) that man that man hashtag that man hashtag Uh, that man (laughs) um megan i know the severity of your story so i'm gonna move to stacy all right well so working in a school uh as i do it's interesting to see like the archetypes of characters that camp camp uses as you know how children behave and what they're like see them kind of come to life with like the kids i work with I did not expect to actually have a real-life Nikki, almost to the T. So over the years, this little girl, I mean, she has shown up to visit me in my classroom two minutes into recess started, just covered in dirt. (laughs) What were you doing? I don't know. She'll come in with, like, different insects and bugs and things she's found outside and be like, what are we going to do with these? I don't know. Uh, just the kind of little mischief maker that is slightly too smart for her own good and has no fear of anybody. There is nothing that she is frightened of. And like, I'll turn around. She'll be, she'll be helping me with something and I'll turn around and I'll look back and she's in one of my closets pulling out supplies. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to make slime. (laughs) (laughs) I just, things she says just it i have nikki in my in my classroom sometimes it's amazing and that would that is not the character you expect to find in in the real world but some of the cartoonish things that we have come to expect from nikki i have witnessed with my own eyes in reality and this girl (laughs) amazing that's amazing let's hope you don't get a nerf (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Megan, uh, you you sort of teased a little bit with what your story was going to be. Please uh, enlighten us and terrify us. I I legitimately don't know if I've relayed this story before because um, we we've talked camp camp on other platforms before, and so I I genuinely don't remember if I've told you guys this story or not. So apologies to anybody who who's already heard this. Um, but this isn't something that like it this happened a long time ago this happened when i was in high school which is years and years before camp camp happened but there was an episode of camp camp that reminded me of this incident the episode where jasper goes missing and not not the one where he ultimately dies but the one where davy and cameron campbell have to go and find him um, and, you know, it's the, the episode where, where Jasper gets disillusioned with the camp. Wasn't that one called Jasper Dies at the End? 
I don't recall if that was the name of that particular. Doesn't matter. Episode. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh no 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 no! I I legitimately don't remember. But um, anyway, so I was watching this episode about Jasper getting lost in the woods, and it reminded me of getting lost in the woods at running camp when I was in high school. Um, we were running on a trail in the afternoon. I believe it was either our first or second day there. I think it was like day two, um, and. A bunch of the faster guys, I was like the slowest runner there. So a bunch of the faster guys had like gotten ahead of us on um, the run back. There, the trail veered off in two directions. One direction took us right back to the parking lot where we all started our run. And the other direction kept going down the trail, down the mountain. And the guys who were faster missed that split off and so they started running down the trail for the rest of the mountain and I was close enough that I like you know followed in the direction that they were going but I was far enough behind them that when they went around a bend and realized that they were on the wrong trail uh they hopped over to the correct area and I didn't see them do that so I kept running down the wrong trail and it didn't take too, too long before I realized, oh, I think I'm lost. And I didn't want to necessarily turn around because that I was already tired. And to go back would mean going uphill. And eventually I saw my friend Heather running in front of me and I called her over. So I was like, oh, OK, at least I'm not alone. Heather's here. She knows where we're going, probably. And so I was like, hey, do you know where we're going? And she's like, no. <laughs> and so it was the two of us. Um, we stopped running. And so we were walking down the trail. And ultimately, I was like, OK, we need to figure out something because this isn't the right way. And if we turn around, we could very well miss, you know, the trail where we're supposed to hop back to where the parking lot was. So and also we have to go uphill. So that's not an ideal answer either. When what do we hear in the distance? Uh, we hear the distinct sound of a chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> and being two high school girls lost in the woods, and you guys know me, where does my mind immediately go? Oh no, we're in a horror movie. <laughs> and out of the two of us, I'm the minority. <laughs> oh no! Oh gosh. <laughs> and so... The the sound was actually pretty close by, and I, I looked around. We hadn't seen any other hikers since we got lost, and I went, crap. Okay, I'm going to do something that's probably stupid. This is the moment in the horror movie where you look at the person and you're like, you're an idiot, run, don't do it, you're so dumb. But I decided he's the only person around we're going to have to ask him for directions. See, see, you mentioned it. I didn't want to say it. It's like, so you did what the white people do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a noise. Maybe someone will help us. <laughs> okay, but there's a level of genre savviness here that as a white person, I can say most white people don't have in these situations. Fair. Well, out of the two of us, again, I was the slowest runner. So even if you put the trope stuff aside, I'm like, realistically speaking, he's going to catch up to me a lot quicker than he's going to catch up to her. If this turns into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie or a Friday the 13th movie. Well, so when did you, when did you break your ankle? <laughs> and this is the part where I break my leg, rendering me helpless. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I basically told her there was a clearing he was working on. Uh, and I told my friend to stay at the edge of the clearing. And I was like, look, if this goes south, you just take off and run. You're a lot faster than me. I'm already dead by going to ask him for directions. Um, and so I, I go, hi, excuse me. And I swear this guy jumped like I would love to know this guy's perspective of the story because I'm sure from his point of view, he was like, yeah, I was just working in the woods when all of a sudden these two creepy girls just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> well, it's like um, I was I was working and in between revving my chainsaw, I would hear a twig snap and freak out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this girl was behind me. 
Hello, mister. <laughs> Come play with us. Come run with us. Uh, how fast are you? No. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I asked him for directions and he gave us directions. And I said, thank you. And proceeded to briskly walk away <laughs> as fast as I could. Um, what was funny was that my friend had kind of mistaken the directions he gave us and kept trying to take us the wrong way and I went no he told us this way I'm going this way if you want to go the wrong way have fun bye <laughs> and so eventually we made it back to the main road and we were able to walk back to our starting place from there and everybody <laughs> everybody had been kind of freaking out that we had disappeared and didn't have our cell phones on us so you know because it was a run you don't normally do that um now I do now whenever I go for a run or a walk I'm like phone um and Megan has been a ghost since that day. <laughs> and that's the story of how I had to ask a man with a chainsaw for directions. Megan dies in the end. You would not believe the seances I've had to do to get her here for the podcast. Man, ghost rent. That's got to be hard, right? <laughs> ghost bucks aren't worth very much. The conversion rate is killer. Of all of the things that we talked about before the show, this was the last thing that I would expect to ever reference <laughs> as a part of the actual episode. Um, but uh, thank you. Thank you all for sharing your stories. And we want to hear from you, our, our beloved campers. So here's the ac camp activities that I came up with this week. And remember, you could submit through Discord, through Anchor, voice messaging, and I guess on Twitter. But... Uh, what we, what I, I want to know, what, uh, what you think the conversation between David and Campbell in the car ride back from Muffin Tops <laughs> and the sandwich shop, respectively, sounded like. What the hell was, was David berating him? What I want to know. Tell me if you want to perform it. That would be hilarious. If you want to draw it, that would be amazing. Uh, and the other thing is another example of Campbell accidentally making a sweatshop. What happened? What what in your mind, what would Campbell do to accidentally make a sweatshop? We want to hear those. We want to see those from the camp activities. And please share with us Discord, Anchor Voice Messaging. Follow us on Twitter. But holy crap, fellow counselors, Camp Camp is back. And we're here talking all about it. I can't believe it. These past few months have been literally a blur. The fact that it's June is terrifying. But as we sign off for this week, uh, I, I want to hear from you. Where can people follow you? And Stacy, where can people keep up with you for the next couple of weeks? Because you got something fun coming up. I sure do. So I'm going off on kind of a personal adventure to Japan for the next few weeks. So um, I'll be posting lots of pictures of my adventures. We get to check out a lot of local scenery and a lot of really cool uh, nerdy things, too, because who would I be if I didn't? So follow me over at Stacy Shuttles on Twitter or Instagram for all of the pictures and updates uh, on what's going on there. And then when I get back, I'll have a week to make my costumes for summer, uh, you know, convention season. So that'll be real fun. Dear God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we going. Uh, we we going hard. Megan, uh, how about you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast with my co-host Will Link. He loves Lost, and I don't. And we talk about it. Give us the name. No love lost. Such a good name. name. Uh, and the fact that you you still stoop to talk about Lost despite not being a fan of it that means the show is worth listening to i think because because you're giving additional energy to be there it's it's actually been interesting like the first i feel like the first season i'm pretty much the wet blanket but given the the sort of cultural climate that we're in in terms of fan outrage and fan outcry it's actually made me reevaluate the way I look at the show, and I'll be interested to see if that reevaluation is sort of maintained as we get further along to the points of the show that I really don't care for. So it's there's been a lot of introspection on my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but looking at bad media in a, do, in a new light might give you a new perspective, but doesn't necessarily make the media any better. So 
It'll be interesting. Very, yes. Mm-hmm. How about you, Katie? Where can the folks keep in contact with you? You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on another podcast. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast called On The Point. We talk about all things Overwatch and Overwatch League. We make predictions. We talk about the season. We talk about the state of the fandom. We have a grand old time. So that is also on anchor.fm slash on the point and on that YouTube channel. So listen to that. We have way too much fun. And you can follow me at Mark B. Donica. I'll be honest, I've been a little uh, disassociative when it comes to social media these days, but it's because I'm busy at this new job. I want to thank everybody for the well wishes of this big move. It's been a hell of an opportunity and I'm still taking advantage of it. And as of right now, Andrea, my wife and I, we are planning on bringing back Party of Two very, very, very soon. We have moved to a second mecca of theme park living. And some sort of thing happened, some sort of Star Trek thing happened at, at in Anaheim that we're going to talk about. That's a joke. Uh, but you could follow that at Party of Two Pod on Twitter. We'll be coming back very very soon and we'll be back here for camp camp counselors corner on rooster team radio make sure you subscribe thank you so much and uh, support us if you go to tpublic.com slash the rooster team see we finally got it in right at the very end you can support us by picking up some merch we're going to be working on some new designs for you but uh, thank you so much to everybody for listening in we will see you next week and of course camp a diem mm-hmm.